Jesus, lead us, guide us in this time. Would you enable us, Father, to be attentive uh, to what it is that you are saying, to where it is that you are leading, uh, even to what it is that you're doing within uh, our own hearts, within our own minds, the things that you are uh, trying to bring up, the things that you are pointing us towards. We give this time to you, Father. I pray that I would not be in your way at all, but that we would be able to see you uh, together as one body. So in Jesus' name, I pray all these things. Amen. In October uh, of last year, I went on a trip to uh, what is referred to in the Christian Missionary Alliance as the Asian Spice Region. We have um, five different regions that we uh, have given different names to uh, that we target and say um, this is where uh, least reached people groups, people who have not heard the gospel, who do not have many opportunities uh, to hear the gospel, um, live and reside. And so the, the Alliance has targeted these areas and are um, sending their international workers to these sites. Uh, and and uh, one uh, of these sites is the Asian Spice region. Um, I was asked by uh, Paul Enns at General Assembly uh, 2016 uh, about whether I would go on this trip or not. And there were uh, five of us who went. Uh, if we, I think I have a picture of them. And then we met uh, a sixth individual over there who is um, our international worker that we sent from this church. I do need to just make a, a brief mention as to, uh, you will notice the vagueness of my language <laughs> as, I, as I speak in that there are some names that I won't use. I will refer to uh, them as them and, and the regions that we are as simply regions within the Asian Spice region because uh, these are areas in which the gospel is not welcome and foreigners who are bringing the gospel uh, are, are specifically not welcome. And so to um, mention things too specifically, even though why would anybody uh, be listening, you know, from overseas to our little podcast that we have where we, uh, where we share our sermons and whatnot, um, we don't know, but um, we want to be cautious and careful. For a lot of the international workers that are in areas where uh, the gospel is not welcome, that, that they're there's a real risk to them for sure, but the, the larger risk is actually to those that they're ministering to. That, that sometimes it will be them if they're you know, found out as being uh, interlopers or, or whatever in these areas that they will then get you know, their visas not renewed or they'll get sent home, uh, but then the people that they have been ministering to who have been close contact with them uh, could get um, harmed in, in, in a few different ways, some of which, if you were at the presentation last night, you would have um, heard about to a certain degree. And it is truly real uh, within the world. So, this was the team. There was five of us that went, and we met our international worker from our local church who's in that region there, and, and she went around with us uh, the entire time that we uh, are there. And so, uh, on the far Right-hand side, my right, your left, that's Paul Enns, who is uh, our, our missions guy or our missions mobilization guy with our district. Uh, that, that guy next to him is me, uh, without the beard, but uh, that's me. And then uh, in the middle is Shirley Stevens, who is uh, from 
Cochrane, Alberta, and then uh, you recognize, I would imagine, Joanne Greenwood next to her, uh, and then on the very end is Brian Tisdale, who's a pastor in Strasburg. And so I had been approached to consider uh, going on this trip, and we've been preparing to go on this trip actually since November of 2016. The nature of the trip, uh, we weren't there to build houses, we weren't there to uh, evangelize people. The purpose of the trip was to be a prayer and discernment trip, which when I was approached with this, uh, I was unclear (laughs) as to what that was. Um, And so what we did when we were there was that in in a few different regions in, in the Asian Spice area, we prayed for people. We would pray for uh, international workers, any international workers from the Alliance, Canada, United States, or kind of connected to the Alliance that we came across, that, that some of us had relationship with. We would meet with them and we would pray for them. We would pray for, when we were able, national church leaders in the area, and, and we were able to bless them in that time. Other times we would Um, walk and we would go to different areas. We could go to significant sites or or places that uh, the international workers felt were significant sites and we would pray. And, And our purpose in praying, our method of praying was to listen for what God wanted to speak to us uh, and then pray from there. And so we were uh, praying for international workers. We would speak scripture over them. Some would declare uh, direct words from God. Others would have uh, pictures that they would share that maybe wouldn't make sense, but then others would help it to make sense. We would go to areas and we would be praying in different ways, and, and we would do that often with international workers. But that was the purpose of the trip. It was to go, it was to pray. It was to see everything that was going on, to really immerse ourselves uh, in the different cultures, what our workers experienced, um, but it was to listen for God's direction in his voice uh, and then to pray accordingly. We met every six weeks uh, from November 2016 until uh, we left in October of 2017, and we met every six weeks in Regina where we would worship together, we would pray uh, for a long time, (laughs) and we would then uh, talk through different things. Some of our experiences, because there was other uh, assignments that we had, we were given a book to read uh, on prayer, specifically on prayer walking. We uh, were instructed to get a prayer walking partner that every week we would walk and we would pray, uh, and then we were to talk about uh, our learning and our experiences, because that was to be a part of what we were doing uh, when we were in this region. And so we did that for, uh, for almost a year. We prepared ourselves to do that. I want to say thank you uh, to those of you here um, who supported me through prayer, through finances. Uh, this was, for me, an impactful trip, a very meaningful trip. And I think, um, I mean, we always say trips to somewhere else can be life-changing, but I truly believe this was for me. So now, over the next four weeks... I have felt led um, to talk to you about uh, some of what I've learned. And specifically, uh, I want to talk to you about what it is that I've learned about prayer. So that's what we're going to be doing for four weeks. I will do that through uh, some stories. Uh, I'll do that through some of the things that I have learned and as well through uh, biblical ideas and study of the scriptures as well. Why do I want to do this? 
Why is it that I want to share about my trip? Why is it that I want to share about my experiences? Prayer is vital to the Christian faith. Yet, I think for many Christians, myself included, prayer is a struggle. That uh, my experience has always been, if you ever take one of these assessments or, or people are asking you about, like, how's your prayer life? I don't know if you have anybody in your, in your life that does that, um, but I know that when, whenever the conversation comes up or you're filling out some sort of uh, survey, again, I don't know where you're filling out a survey about your prayer life, but sometimes I have memories of these things happening. But it's always one of those things that says, uh, like, how's your prayer life? Is it great? No. <laughs> no, it's really not. Like, it could always be better. Like, I think if you're ever, like, asked that question, is it, is it a 10 or a 5 on a scale of 5? And it's like, eh, it's probably around a 2 or a 3. There's a lot of room for improvement there. And I think that so many of us can struggle with prayer. To the degree that actually some have said that the North American church is sort of functionally atheistic. We would never say that, that we don't believe in God or that we don't believe that God is very active and working, but the way that we live our lives, the way that we do church, the way that we um, come at Christianity is, is often one of self-dependence and one that doesn't often acknowledge or even make space for the fact uh, that God supernaturally moves in our situations. And so while we would say completely, God is great, he is sovereign over all, he is involved intimately with this world, some have pointed out that, that the North American church does not live that way. And this is, uh, I think, a constant struggle that we have. And this is my I'm coming at this not as an expert. You are I'm sure well aware of this. Um, but I'm coming at this as somebody who has lived in that place where I say, for sure, prayer is important, God is moving and active, and then I just go and do um, whatever's in my power to do and go, hey, how come that didn't work out? <laughs> and so that has been my experience. Uh, it, it can, I continue to fight against that within myself. I continue to struggle with it. Um, but it is something that, that I, I feel God changing within me. And so that's the spirit that I'm coming to us with, is to say, these are some of the things that I'm learning. Again, uh, Many of you, I'm sure, have learned these things far before I have. And so you can tune me out if you need to and uh, just sort of read through your Bible. That's fine. Uh, but this is my experience, uh, and, and I think that this is probably a lot of our experiences when it comes to prayer, is that we know it's important, but our lives maybe don't reflect it. Okay. So I do come to this as not an expert. If I could get that picture back up... Um, Paul, on the very end here, uh, 
is again, as I said, our, our, our missions representative. He works for our district office in, in Regina. He actually is in Saskatoon, but, but travels down to Regina when he needs to. Uh, but he had been a, an international worker in Mexico for years. For those of you who are here for the Holy Spirit uh, encounter that we had last year, uh, Paul was here as well. I think Paul sp- has spoken at our church before. He is a spirit-filled man, uh, and he is a deep man of prayer. He has led a trip uh, like the one that we went on before uh, in Mexico, and he is the one who has put, who put this trip together, uh, instructed us, taught us, uh, and did all the different things there. Uh, Shirley, who's in the middle there, is a, is a prayer intercessor, which is someone who spends uh, a, a, a lot of time in prayer on behalf of others and has a burden for it. That's what we would say, I think, a prayer intercessor is somebody who has Uh, even a physical burden to pray for others, and that she spends uh, lots of time doing that. And I believe even, too, that she has just accepted, um, like, leadership uh, of the prayer ministries that would cover, I think, either the Asian Spice region or the Silk Road region. But she's sort of in charge of of the prayer initiative uh, in one of these regions. Joanne Greenwood, uh, if you know her, you know that she is uh, a woman of prayer. She as well is a prayer intercessor. Uh, She's a a part of our local church here, lives out in Carndiff. She has a, uh, her and her husband Miles have a farm, but there's a church on their farm, uh, and it is like a spiritual retreat center, Shiloh, and she invites people in. Leaders come from lots of different places to come uh, and spend time with her and actually uh, pray with her, be prayed for by her, and you know that she is a woman of wisdom, a woman of faith. Uh, and a woman of deep prayer and intimacy with Jesus. And then on the end is Brian Tisdale, who is a pastor in Strasbourg. He's come new to the Alliance, has been uh, within other denominations earlier, uh, but himself is a uh, gifted worship leader and feels a call to a, uh, a prayer and like warfare type of worship that would say uh, it, is, it is spirit-filled and deep, and his passion runs, runs deep, and he knows so much about these things. Uh, and, and, and every one of these people was such a gift to me uh, for this trip. And, and then there was me. <laughs> and I just felt so out of place so often uh, within this. Because I was surrounded by, uh, from day one, people who I looked at and said, like, these are deep people of prayer. And I know my struggles. And I know my reality. And even though I know that God had, had uh, pushed me to accept this invitation, uh, it was hard for me to ever feel as though, uh, yeah, I belong here. <laughs> I'm a contributing member of what's going on. Uh, for sure, totally, that's the way it is. Because I was just surrounded by so many gifted people. <laughs> In talking with, uh, with an individual uh, and explaining what the trip was uh, and, and why I was going and, all, or and, and, and that I was going on it, I'd been invited to go on it, uh, the individual went on to say, okay, that's the trip. How come you're going? <laughs> like you specifically, how come you uh, are, are going on this? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good question. 
um, because that's sort of how I felt about myself too. Um, Al Fedoric, our, our district superintendent, has asked me to share uh, a little piece of my trip and, and my experience with prayer uh, and he, uh, at one of our district things, and he said to me, you know, we could ask some of these other people to do it, but I think it's more impactful coming from you because, well, we expect to hear about prayer from these people, but from you, <laughs> it's like, what kind of persona am I putting off? that this is kind of the opinions of people, but this is still my opinion of myself, and I think that it's fairly accurate that I'm not. Uh, I think I don't go around like thinking that, oh, the first thing we need to do is, is pray about this. Oh, there's an emergency? Let's pray. It's like, there's an emergency. I'm either going to run at it or I'm going to run away from it. <laughs> and then maybe a week later, God will say, like, maybe you should pray about it. Oh, okay, that's a good, that's a good. Or he's probably been seeing it all along, and I just listened uh, a week later. So apparently I'm not known for being a person of prayer. It's not my reputation. It's not really the persona that I put off. And one of the first lessons that I learned, surrounded by who people, including our international worker in the Asian Spice region, who I had felt were gifted people of prayer, one of the first lessons that, that I learned was that prayer uh, is not a gift. Prayer is not a gift. Uh, within the letters in the New Testament, there are sections where uh, Paul specifically writes about something called spiritual gifts. We have it in uh, Romans chapter 12, we have it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and you have it as well in, uh, oh, and 1 Peter 4, and I know there's a section within, I think it's Ephesians 4 as well. And, and we look at these spiritual giftings and we say, these are abilities that God has gifted to his people. Other people would say, well, these are roles, these are duties, these are things that God has enabled his people to do, that he's enabled some to be a teacher, that he's enabled some to be a leader, he's enabled some to be um, a, uh, a prophet, that, that some have the gift of mercy, that some have the gift uh, of, of service, that some have the gift of encouragement, giving generously, uh, that, that these are uh, roles or giftings that are given to the church. And when you look through these lists, prayer is not in there. Prayer is not a gift. So often I think we understand prayer to be a gift. And we look at people, like everybody but one there, and we say these are gifted people of prayer. And I think that that becomes a barrier for us, that that actually becomes a blockage for us, and it affects, uh, again, I think, us individually, and it affects the church as a whole, because we say there are some people who God has given supernatural ability to pray, and I'm not one of them. So that's their thing. That's what they do. And my thing is to fix stuff. My thing is to lead stuff. My thing is to teach stuff. My thing is to care for people and love people. Um, and other people's things are to pray. But prayer is not a gift. When you read the different passages within Scripture that talk about prayer, it is so overwhelmingly uh, the fact that prayer is... <laughs> something different than a gifting. 
I'll burn through some examples. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. And then in verse 9, rather pray like this. In, in Luke chapter 21, I'm going to go through these really fast. Luke 21, verse 36, um, Jesus says, Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape uh, what is coming. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed uh, in words. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers. Um, Let me just say it continues like this. Pray for me, pray for us. Pray at all times. Always pray. You know what's missing? If God has called you to pray, there's no language like that when the Bible talks about prayer. If you remember to pray, if you're a praying individual, like that's not there. When you come across prayer, the Bible specifically states you pray. Paul assumes, Jesus assumes, everybody seems to be assuming and commanding uh, that prayer is normal and natural and expected. And so, one of the first things that I've learned is that prayer is not a gift. Prayer is a command. Prayer is a duty. Prayer is an expectation. And so, we can't look around and say, other people pray, I do not. As Christians, we are all called to pray. Now again, for some of you, this is, not, this is not news, this is not revelation, this is not something that you haven't heard before, that's completely okay. What does it mean that prayer is a command or a duty or an expectation? I think that, that uh, you know, in, in, in some ways, it's, it's obviously something that all Christians are to do, and I think that one of the things that encouraged me within this is that it's something that can be learned. It's something that can be taught. We so often come to the the gifting passages and we say, um, you know, people are gifted to do these things, so they're just supernaturally enabled to do that. When it comes to prayer, uh, it's something that we can look at and say, this is something that we can all learn. When Jesus, I think like the only time that Jesus' disciples that we have recorded where they said, teach us, it was teach us to pray. He taught them all the time, but when they demanded something, when they requested something, they said, teach us to pray, and that's where we get uh, the, the Lord's Prayer from. So it's something that can be taught, it's something that can be learned, it's something that we can grow in, and it's something that others can help us to grow in. Prayer as a command uh, means that it's something that can be learned, and it means that it's something that must be learned. I think it means, too, that it's understandable uh, for it to be frustrating. That for those of us who have tried through our lives to develop some sort of regular habit of prayer and we've had different levels of success, that's a pretty normal thing and it's understandable. Because things that uh, are intended for us to do, things that are valuable, uh, are often hard. And so I think it's understandable that we have uh, individually struggled with prayer. 
And there's phases of it, right? There's phases, I think, where, where we find ourselves being able to do it well, and there's other phases where I imagine we struggle with it to a certain level and, and with different difficulties. I think within prayer, I don't mean to say that there's no supernatural endowment, that there's no um, you know, giftings that come into it. I think that it's a duty for all of us, but how we have been wired, how it is that we've been gifted, will likely come into how and when and what methods in which we pray, or maybe what it is that we pray for. You know, if you think that somebody has been given a leadership role or a leadership gifting, perhaps they are going to be praying um, for processes. They're going to be praying for systems. They're going to be praying for uh, even high-level things like our government, that that's the, the, the method in which they're going to be praying. If you think of somebody maybe with the gift of, of mercy, it might be that their focuses of prayer would be on those who are sick and those who are suffering. If we think of people who are gifted as prophets, their prayers could be uh, declarative, that they are speaking scripture or speaking prayers over situations to invite God to move and work uh, and, and change things and change hearts. Maybe a teacher is going to be uh, praying a little bit through Scripture. They may get a, a point or two in there when they're praying. It might be like a teach prayer <laughs> that happens because that's how they're gifted and that's how they're wired. So I think that our giftings, how it is that we serve, the roles that God has given us, those things come into our prayers, uh, but we are all as the body expected to pray. So this to me also means that prayer is a habit to be created that prayer is a discipline to be pursued because it's an expectation, it's a requirement, it's a command. I kind of think of it, um, to, give, uh, to give an example, I kind of think of it a little bit like exercise, right? If you're just starting to workout, if you're just starting to do some level of activity or you're just trying to train for something, you have decided that you want to go on a, a very large hike and, and you're not ready to go on a large hike, but you know you need to do training to get there to this very uh, positive, wonderful experience, that when you begin to train, it's quite difficult. Maybe to get up in the morning because you've decided to do it in the morning. Maybe to make yourself do it at the end of the day uh, in between work and when you get home or even later on into the evening. When you start something, it's hard because you're not used to it. It's not a habit that's been created. You'd much rather stay in bed or just go home and, uh, and eat chips and watch TV or whatever it may be. Maybe you don't relate to that. <laughs> Maybe that's just my experience. But eventually... Because you know you want to achieve something, um, if you have the discipline, you can make yourself kind of do that. Other people kind of holding us accountable helps. Uh, different systems can help us accomplish those things. And then eventually, as you continue to exercise, it becomes something that you would imagine uh, it difficult to not have. It's not quite as hard anymore. Again, you're going to face different times where it is challenging, but the habit that you've started um, begins to pay off. And what was once a burden <laughs> becomes a joy. Once was want, once, uh, what was once a struggle uh, becomes life-giving. And this is what I think prayer is intended to be for us. 
that while it's a command and while it's a duty, which is very cold language when you think of it, to say that, oh, I must pray, uh, I must be connected to Jesus <laughs> through intimate conversation. Uh, it is something that becomes our life source. And it's intended to be our life source. In John 15, Jesus uh, says about himself, I am uh, the vine and you are the branches. That if you abide in me, if you remain in me, if you stay connected to me, you will have life. You will grow fruit. Apart from me, you will not accomplish anything. It is by connecting to Jesus that we become fruitful, that we have life. And this is uh, through prayer. This is through connection to him, through conversation and all these different things. Prayer is intended to be for us. Um, while it's a commandment, it is intended to be a, a source of life. And it is life-giving. That's why we all have to do it. Because without prayer, uh, a prayerless church, a prayerless Christian, a prayerless denomination, a prayerless movement is dead. But it's not something that's just going to happen. It is something that we are going to have to create habits around and become disciplined in. Have reasons. <laughs> the only reason that I have grown in this is because every six weeks I had to go and I had to learn and I had to pray for probably two hours with other people and then I knew that this was going to be a trip that I was going to be going on and I had people who said, you have to find a prayer partner and you have to walk with that person and you have to read about this. This has to become an aspect of your life and it's through that that I think prayer is moving. It hasn't moved, but prayer is moving from a duty to a blessing and to a joy. When we were in uh, one of the regions in the Asian Spice region, we were uh, invited to a church. There are churches, but they're state-sponsored churches, right? And so we sometimes think like in different areas that, that if Christianity is not really allowed then, or if there's, uh, there's restrictions on it, then all of the church is underground or the church meets in house churches is what it's actually referred to as. Um, but within, within this region, you have both house churches that are, are free and not necessarily wanting to be noticed by the government and you have kind of state-sponsored churches that good people work in and good people go to. But some people choose not to be a part of it because they're concerned uh, of, of what could happen if the government clamps down, potentially. Or they already see the restrictions there that they don't want to be a part of. And so you have both of these things kind of functioning at the same time. We were invited to go to a state-sponsored church where technically foreigners can Ten, but they're not allowed to be involved in leadership. But we were invited to a Sunday school class that was led by one of the international workers. So they're already breaking the rules somehow. <laughs> and we were invited into this class. And, and the reason that we were invited is because um, I think it was, it was grade five to six. And, and the teacher wanted us to come and pray for them, that the class was doing uh, a lesson about identity and who they were in God, who God had made them, and where they find uh, their joy and their meaning, and, and they were studying the story of Joseph to do that. But the teacher's heart and the concern was that in this culture, when, when the kids were in <clears throat> grades five, grade six, they were kind of at this age, that life was really hard 
that there was a lot of expectations that were being cast upon them because it was soon after that or around there that, that they were going to be able to find out what school they were going to then attend and, and what school you were in sort of dictated uh, where you could go in life. And so then parents, because they want the best for their kids, kind of pile expectations on their kids and the kids are, you know, one of the things that they realize is that, that some are, are uh, having suicidal thoughts and that they're really struggling within within this phase of their life. And so the teacher had us come in and pray. And we would pray in partners, which was always beautiful because it means that you didn't always have to know what to say because <laughs> you had somebody else who was there to kind of cover you. And, uh, and we would pray in partners and we each, uh, each kind of said, we had three groups and we would pray for, I think we all got to pray for two or three uh, students. And we would sort of listen and, and, and God would give us you know, whether scripture to pray about or even a, an image of an identity, a, a picture that he wanted them to have. And then we would pray that into their lives. And it was a really great experience to be able to pray uh, life into these students. What was so interesting is that after we had prayed for the students, the teachers and the parents that were there, because we went overtime, uh, that's what prayer does. <laughs> prayer makes you go longer uh, than you intended to go because you want to leave that space for God to do that. Um, but the parents and the teachers who were, the parents who were waiting there, the teachers who were there, um, they weren't ready to leave because they witnessed their students, they witnessed their kids being prayed for, and there was something in them that said, I want this, like I need this. That prayer is not just life-giving for us individually as we pray on our own or as we pray with a small group of people, but also being prayed for is a source of life. And so we then spent um, 15 minutes to a half an hour praying for those who were uh, requesting prayer and wanting to be prayed for. And there was tears, there was hugs, it was beautiful. Like God ministered to these people. And that was life-giving to us to be able to be a part of such a thing. And so prayer, I just, I just, the thing that I, the first lesson that I'm learning again is that prayer is so vital to our Christian life. It's not a gift. It's not something that some are able to do and others are excused from, but it is a command. It is an obligation. It is a duty, but it is a duty that as you pursue it long enough, and it might not even take that long, <laughs> but as you pursue it faithfully, will be a, a source of life and a source of joy uh, for you within your Christian life. Uh, the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, Are There Trials and Temptations? Is There Trouble Anywhere? We will never be discouraged. Take it. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. It's that, that kind of call that says, uh, whatever's going on within your life, take it to the Lord in prayer. It's not, it's not just to simply say your problems don't matter or, or that you're looking at them and, and, and everything is, is, you just need to be, yeah. it's to say that God is our source of all things. To connect with him, we pray. So often I know I run ahead of God or I stay behind of where God wants me to be because I think that I can solve it on my own. As a church, as individuals, this is not the way. 
This is not the way. So keep on praying. Persist. Learn, grow, challenge, or discipline yourself. Don't give up. Pray. Jesus, we thank you We thank you that you are our teacher, that you are our model. And that there's so much in this life that we, we don't get perfectly. And that we're all growing and we're all learning and we're all here, God, at different stages of what prayer looks like. Some of us are seasoned veterans and just know this stuff and get this stuff. And other of us, others of us are, are, are still very young in it and we can struggle with it. Some maybe have not even began uh, this journey of prayer. So, Father, in whatever place we are, give us what we need. Motivate us. Paint for us a beautiful picture of intimacy with you, uh, of joy within ourselves, of seeing answers to prayer in other people's lives. God, whatever we need, would you give that to us that we are inspired, that we can discipline ourselves, create habits, that we can be prayers. Thank you for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that in all things you are with us, that even when we don't know what to pray, you do. That when we don't even have the words to speak, you speak on our behalf. And thank you, Jesus, that you sit at the right hand of God right now and you pray for us. You pray for us. Thank you. Amen. <laughs>